Hello, and welcome to Writer's Group Therapy. I'm Tom. And I'm Roshni. We're writers helping writers with whatever writing ailments you might have. Whether it's related to your craft or your career, we can help. Are you ready for your session? The The doctors doctors are are in. in. Today we have a, a really interesting writer with us. His name is Zimran Jacob. He's currently a freelance writer, uh, but his uh, recent credits include October Fashion, Faction, sorry, October Faction on Netflix, The Punisher. He's also worked on Narcos and Hemlock Grove in various capacities, which we'll get into. But thank you for coming on the show, Zimran. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. So uh, yeah, I said various capacities because your your credits are interesting. You go from the finance department to working as a showrunner's assistant over the course of about five years. So starting at the beginning, how did you get into the business and and specifically with the finance stuff, was it always your intention to become a writer? I mean, yeah, I was always interested in being a writer, funny enough. Um, so I worked on uh, sets for three years as a PA. And, uh, you know, I, I really appreciate people that can do that um, and are passionate about that kind of work. and. Um, you know, for me, I always wanted to be a writer. So, uh, in 2015, I was actually playing a pickup basketball game and one of the people playing with us was an executive producer on the show Hannibal. And, you know, I think I said to him, Hey, I really, 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 really want to be a writer. And he just liked me a lot. So he hired me, uh, in the finance department, uh, at a studio called Gomont. And so there we worked on Narcos, Hannibal, Hemlock Grove, F is for Family. Um, and, you know, a lot of that stuff was like accounting and, build, you know, sending out checks and uh, assets and audits and all the fun stuff that comes with doing uh, finance. Uh, but everybody there knew I wanted to be a writer. So everybody there was extremely supportive. And I made some lifelong friendships and connections there. Um, but you, you didn't have a finance background going in? Uh, I did have a little bit of a finance background. Uh, I studied UC, uh, finance at UCLA, and then I also was a finance. Well, I worked as a fin- um, at a financial advising company, and um, it, it played into me getting hired, but not as much of a role as you know knowing the right person at the right time. And uh, you know, from there, I kind of networked with a lot of the executives. I mean, all the executives tended to like me uh, at the company, so they all supported me as a writer and they, you know, my boss was super supportive and my, uh, company was a very, very good company. Gaumont television. How, how big a company was that? Uh, I believe it was about 25 people at the time that I was there. And, um, yeah, everybody was very nice, a very good corporate culture that supported people in what they really wanted to do. And, um, a lot of my conversations took me to discussing with uh, an executive who's now at Apple TV, uh, one of the heads at Apple TV, um, that I wanted to be in the writer's room. And she said, the the way that people are going to take you seriously is once you're in the writer's room, (laughs) you can't, it's going to be hard to get representatives attention from outside of the writer's room. And uh, lucky lucky enough, one of the executives that we used to work with uh, was starting his own show was starting to run his own show and it was the punisher uh for marvel and netflix and um because that executive liked me she referred me to that showrunner and that showrunner met me on monday and i was hired on tuesday and so 
uh, it was a very fast process after I'd worked at Gaumont for about a year. And um, yeah, that, that was kind of how I really broke in, uh, you know, basically two executives just saying, you know what, this guy, let's take a chance on this guy and see what happens. Oh, wow. That is like the classic Hollywood success story, like just major serendipity being in the right place at the right time. I mean, that's amazing. <laughs> I, you know, it's funny. I, I heard a story about a woman who was at a chocolate shop recently that, mm-hmm. <laughs> that met, uh, I think it was David Milch. And, um, you know, that my take was much less serendipitous, to be honest. I was a basketball player in high school. So I was like, okay, cool. This is going to be a thing where I'm going to get invited to a lot of basketball games and be able to play at a semi-decent level. And um, it was a lot of, uh, you know, people that I was interested in meeting, a lot of industry people uh, that could kind of mentor me and have still to this day uh, taught me a lot. Um, So, I mean, there was some serendipity to begin with. I met my first boss at a sushi restaurant uh, and there was a little bit of serendipity there. But from then on, I was kind of a little bit more strategic about uh, how I met people. That's amazing. So you said The Punisher was your first writer's room experience. Yes, it was. And did you have to like, was there like an, I mean, I guess writers don't audition, but you know what I'm saying? Was there some sort of vetting process or they were just like, this guy's cool, throw him in. And they didn't make you write any specs or do anything else to like, kind of, you know, basically audition for the the position. No, I mean, it was an interview at my level. You don't really have to have a spec or anything. Um, I, you know, I've met showrunners that want to see a spec for somebody that they're hiring for support. Um, and, you know, I've gotten meetings off of those scripts as well. But uh, in that case, it was, you know, how do you like the brand? I was like, I was in love with Daredevil and my passion kind of showed through um, in, uh, in, in the, just the discussion of the, of the show itself. And um, I also, uh, I, I had gone to Chapman uh, on a full scholarship and um, I think that also impressed them, the showrunners and the, the executive producers uh, for a number of reasons. But one, because I, you know, I didn't put my parents, I didn't financially burden my parents. <laughs> <laughs> and Chapman's a good school. So that's a really good one to have on your resume, too. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, I mean, I love Chapman. It's like a magical uh, school to be a part of. Um, and yeah, like it was just pure magic that I, uh, you know, every day it was like, oh, we're watching, here's a class on 70s cinema, some of my favorite movies, or like, here's like the history of film. And, you know, I didn't really appreciate the pre-1945 films before, <laughs> while I was in Chapman, there were some good, you know, films to fall asleep to. But um, I think that, you know, I, it, every class I learned so much and um, and then, yeah, later on, I started to appreciate a little bit more the the films that they tried to show us uh, at Chapman. Um, I mean, and yeah, like, you know, I worked with David Ward at Chapman, who was amazing. Uh, I worked with. Um, oh, my gosh. I'm, one of my one of my professors, I, I'm like I'm blanking on his name right now. Uh, which is terrible because he was an amazing professor. I'm sure he's listening right now going. Yeah. He's like, you, how could you do this? I, was, I put in so much effort into being your teacher. And now I'm going to find him. And just because I'm for sure going to give him a shout out because he's, 
he also became one of the executive producers of um of the show supernatural oh he was oh. amazing and i'm embarrassed that i've forgotten his name and his name was let's see what would we do without imdb right yeah absolutely <laughs> where are you professor well, he was. He I'm was sure he's a, not listed as professor in IMDb. No, no, he. Brad Buckner. Brad Buckner, oh. if you're listening, you're an amazing professor and also an amazing writer. Um. And yeah, you know, I I worked with people that you know had extremely successful careers. You know, David Ward wrote The Sting, uh, Major League, and Sleepless in Seattle, and was oh. an, you know an icon. And I worked with. Michael Phillips and um, a lot of, you know, a lot of other Oscar winning uh, producers and writers. So, yeah, I mean, I got a top notch education at Chapman and it, it never ended. Like I studied semesters at NYU uh, UC and UCLA as well uh, for screenwriting. That's the best. Like when you get to work with people who you're like, oh, my gosh, I've watched your movies and I love your work. And then you get to work with them. That's probably the best feeling ever <laughs> yeah i mean it, it was so he had yeah i mean they they had had extremely success, successful careers up to that point and then my professor went off to go to work on supernatural after the fact um but i you know i respected them just by virtue of uh the fact that they were the teachers and they had good things to say mm -hmm. um you know, they all were teaching me something in a different way. You know, not everybody was success as successful as those two teachers, but, you know, studied with people that could talk to me about theory. And it's like, oh, I never thought about films that way. And here's like a paradigm of like of the way that a film is structured, the sequence method, like, you know, dramatic tension and all these kinds of things that were so invisible to me as I was, a you know, a young cinephile. Um, but once they kind of broke down the theory, took me to a different level in my writing. Oh, wow. Wow. That's awesome. Now, full disclosure, we met on Twitter because yeah. you had a tweet where you said, hey, I just got a bunch of followers. I want to pay it forward. And I was like, hey, you want to be on our show? So that's yeah. why you're here. You mentioned in your tweet thread that you had entered a contest um, and you're going to have to tell us it's W-A-N. I'm not sure what that stands yeah. for. It's the it's the Writers Assistant Network Fellowship. So um, yeah. I was friends with this guy who was uh, I think he's a genius, um, and unfor I don't know if they still do the competition, mm -hmm. um, but he was like, yeah, I just kind of grassroots started a, a networking group for support staff for writers assistants and showrunners assistants and script coordinators and writers PAs, and uh, you know before I was even the, in the room, I was like, okay, this guy is a genius. <laughs> I want to know more about him and we became friends. Um, and then, you know, a few years later I won his competition. Um, and the con you know, the pro program was amazing. I mean, a lot of people from that program have been staffed and worked on some gigantic shows and been staffed multiple times over, uh, and gotten episodes on, you know, big AMC shows and everything. Um, so yeah, it's the writer's assistant network. I hope they still do it. I think it might be on hiatus, but it's an amazing program and it's an amazing uh, opportunity for people. Um, you know, it, what they did was it was a, it was a, a workshop. You take two scripts and you workshop 
them. And then you work with a, in another amazing organization called Roadmap Writers, mm-hmm. uh, who specifically tries to get people uh, represented by agents and managers. Were they two originals or was it like one spec, one original or two specs or? It was two originals. I think that, you know, specs are losing their currency value these days. I, you know, I think this is a, you know, point of discussion, at least uh, for me lately on Twitter and other uh, medium, uh, or I I guess other media. Uh, But I think that specs, there's fewer competitions or fewer fellowships that are taking specs. You know, I was a semifinalist at Austin with a spec and the managers don't really care too much about it. Um, so I think that the the ceiling on a spec is much lower, you know, with a with a pilot, it's harder to do a pilot, but you can staff with it. You can sell it um, and maybe you can get an OWA with it, whereas a spec, maybe you can staff on it. Maybe you can get into a few competitions with it. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, I, that was one of the things that I liked about the Writer's Assistant Network is that it was two pilots that they help you polish. You get a whole room full of notes. Uh, and then now you have two specs that you can take out for representation. Which is nice, yeah. yeah. So you mentioned that from that contest, you had some really good networking. So how yeah. were you able to leverage that? Because I know with a lot of, you know, we've got a lot of listeners who will enter various contests and your mileage may vary as far as what happens after you win or if you place? Because sometimes, you know, you just win and then that's it. Like nothing happens. So what what happened in your experience and how were you able to take that networking to the next level? Yeah, I mean, I think that when we had people come in and give notes uh, on our scripts, there was, you know, a showrunner who I love to death uh, and a, another executive producer uh, who I also love to death um, who were hiring, who were staffing a show, who were just uh, hiring people for a for a show and they just said hey look like we want um we're looking for some support staff and you guys could be perfect and um you know after i was you know i that was kind of i was like okay cool i you know i I was a little bit hesitant to be support staff again just because i wanted to move up um i think you know i anyway so but you know i put my resume in the pile and I, I saw those two executive producers in the um, in the parking lot, and I just said, "Hey, you know what? Really appreciate your time. Thanks so much." And uh, the next day, I got a call, and it was one of the executive producers, and um, he was like, "Hey, you're the guy that said thank you." I'm like, "Yeah," and he's like, "Do you want to work on my show?" I was like, "Okay, sure. Like, why not?" Wow. <laughs> You have wow. really good luck. <laughs> uh, that was very lucky. I mean, it wasn't exactly something that I was actively pursuing at the time. Like I wanted to get repped and I wanted to go staff on a show. But um, yeah, it just kind of happened uh, very nicely. And that was, you know, that's a once in a lifetime person to meet. He's like a nice showrunner that also is extremely creative and extremely passionate about his vision. And uh, and also, yeah, like a nice, a, a good person that uh, appreciates when somebody says thank you. Yeah, just goes uh, to show good manners do do pay off, right? Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, there was another showrunner who's a really, really talented writer um, that told me many years ago, uh, and I'll t- at Austin, which I'll I'll talk more about. Um, at the end of the project, it's gonna go or it's not gonna go. So yeah, I 
I was saying I met a, a an extremely talented executive producer uh, at Austin um, and very decorated as well that said, after the project is done, it, it's going to go on or it's not going to go on, but the studio is going to make a decision on whether or not they want to work with you again. And he's like, why not just be nice to people? <laughs> and it was one of the like, simplest kind of strategic ideas that um, I kind of just took with me. I'm like, okay, that's a simple thing. It fits my personality. Like, yeah, just don't be an asshole and don't, you know, because, you know, it's a stressful environment and people are just like trying to get things done. So they might not care about manners or like, you know, people's feelings. And those are kind of the most important thing about what we're doing. So one thing that you were asked on Twitter was from your bio, it looks like you made the leap from finance to the writer's room. Are there any skills or knowledge acquired at your previous positions that proved helpful in your new role? And you answered, anticipate what the showrunner needs. But how do you anticipate what yeah. the showrunner needs? Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. How do you know what you don't know? <laughs> so you have to get experience. You really do have to get experience. And, um, you know, and also you can seek mentorship and just check in with other writers that have um, a little bit more time to kind of, you know, check in with you. The showrunner is an extremely busy person doing multiple things at, at a time, and you just want to make their life as easy as possible. And so how do you anticipate their needs? Uh, you can ask people, hey, what should I, is there anything else that I can do for my boss? Uh, you can touch base with the upper levels, you know, be like, hey, like, is there any way we can take some work off of the showrunner's ha uh, hands? And um, yeah, I mean, what would be useful? What's going to be on the plate? Like, is printing out a schedule going to be helpful? Uh, do they need notes for a meeting that they're going to take? Like, the, you know, whatever it might be. Um, yeah, I wish <laughs> I wish I had a few more specifics, but it's it, it's it's I mean, I, I don't want to use the riding a bike analogy, but it is kind of it, it's very uh, intuitive and it takes some practice and some um, some time. Uh, but if you know, if any starting uh, showrunners assistants or any uh, support staff ever need uh, need any help with that, just feel free to DM me on Twitter. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm more than happy to help at ZimronJacob.com. That's very kind of you. So, you know, looking at your the shows you've worked on, whether you were working finance or in the in the writers' room, um, you know, Narcos, The Punisher, Hannibal, October Faction, Hemlock Grove, a lot of dark, a lot of serious drama, sci-fi yeah. type of stuff. Is that is that where you like to write? Is that the kind of stuff you write when you're writing, or do you have you know other aspirations and in, in, uh, genres and things? Yeah, I kind of love that. I love dark crime. Um, I'm interested in. Uh, I mean, I, I love Narcos. It was like, you know, a lot of people compare it to Goodfellas. I kind of compare it to Apocalypse Now because there's this megalomaniac in uh, in a distant land that's, uh, you know, causing a problem for the U.S. government. And um, I think that, you know, Narcos is one of my favorite shows of all time. Uh, and I love The Punisher. I specifically had the luck of, you know, scoping that show out, falling in love with The Punisher uh, character, you know, being a huge fan of that showrunner um, and also a fan of John Bernthal, who is now uh, extremely talented uh, and an amazing uh, film star. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I love to work in like genre, dark genre stuff. I, you know, kind of wrote like a Game of Thrones type of thing. 
uh, dark crime, um, but also sports. You know, I love sports and like I'm interested in like doing something in that kind of vein as well, uh, because there's so few sports shows and I always fall in love with them, whether it's The Last Dance or All American or uh, whatever it might be. Last Dance, obviously unscripted, but um, or, you know, even Ted Lasso is an interesting sports show that, uh, you know, uh, you know, as an NBA journalist for many years, and I feel like I can I could contribute uh, to a sports show. I wonder if anyone's done a sci-fi sports show. That would be cool. Uh, there's rollerball. <laughs> there you <laughs> there's go. Rollerball, which is yeah, sci-fi sports. I I wanted to do one that was like a Pixar sci-fi sports, but I think they're very insular. So. So, um, you know, you have this pretty amazing, you know, Hollywood story that you know we're all kind of I don't say a little jealous of, but it's great. You know, you know, people always ask how do you get into the business, and it's like, well, play basketball. <laughs> But no, what advice, what, you know, if, if you had to give, um, you know, a couple like top three tips on, especially because it's, you're in TV, which is, you know, even harder to get into than writing yeah. film. What, what would you say, you know, as far as uh, those go? Ooh, top three tips. I mean, I think it's all about your network is probably the first one. Um, your passion. Which you has know. been really hard lately because we don't yeah. get out now. Yeah. We've been crammed in our apartments for a year and a half i mean i think there's other ways to network you know like a lot of people are very accessible and yes i do think that a lot of people the prerequisite to meeting some people is having some experience and having some level of credits and you know and working in a writer's room because then you get to see what mistakes are made and you get to learn from those mistakes and everything and you just get to kind of prep yourself for uh being a professional so I do think I and I sympathize with people that are kind of starting off. Um, I'll I'll give you I'll give as many tips as I can, and you know feel free to cap me whenever. But if you can work work at an agency, that's you know an interesting way of that I've seen a lot of people break in because they have access to a lot of showrunner assistant jobs and a lot of job like those types of jobs that come in because they tend to rep a lot of those clients. Um, I would like take classes at UCLA Extension or Script Anatomy, Writing Pad, uh, or reach out to Roadmap Writers. Those are all really good uh, networking places that you can not only get better as a writer, but meet other people that are highly motivated to uh, to become writers um, as well. And so then you'll have a writers group, and then you'll be able to kind of raise the raise your talent. I think that if I were to do it all over again, I would start there. I would tell myself, hey, these classes are going to be a cheat code because writing pad and script anatomy are taught by working professional TV writers. So they're not, you know, you can trust that those people are telling you something that's going to be extremely useful. And UCLA has some amazing teachers as well. You know, um, UCLA Extension uh, has some amazing teachers. Uh, so, I mean, I think you want to trust people that have done the thing that you want to do. And or have maybe shepherded people that have the careers that you want to have. Um, yeah, if you can find a kickball entertainment sports league and that works for you, then great. If Twitter works better for you, then do that. Um, because I think a lot of people are getting found and connected through Twitter. And um, yeah, and I, you know, if I can ever help in any way, like I'm always more than happy to help as long as I don't have. You know, no, I'm always happy to help. I'll I'll get to it in time. 
That's extremely generous of you. That really is. So especially because social can be kind of like a minefield. So yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it really can. But if you, uh, I, yeah, it's going to be tough, and you're going to learn ways to distinguish yourself over time, and you're going to learn, you know, okay, if you were, in, if you're selling people, hey, I'll be a writer's PA, which I. I don't know what the status of those kinds of jobs is with the pandemic. And mm -hmm. do you need, need a writer's PA and a showrunner's assistant? Who knows? Um, I, I mean, I hope that they separate those because then it's more jobs for people. Yeah. Um, but I think if you're willing to, you know, humble yourself and take those jobs, then um, they can kind of pay dividends uh, in the long term. And people are going to be receptive if they have something that they want to um, to hire on. Uh, but really, that's going to come down to like a large casting, a large net and having a lot of fans. And not everybody's going to be your fan. And that's OK, because somebody else is going to be your fan if you just stick with it long enough. And sometimes like, you know, I, I had a feature set up in 2017 with a in-name director, uh, you know, the amount of emails that I got returned that day that it was in the trades was, you know, a lot of people started reaching out to me. Oh, you know, saw you in the trades. Let's actually talk. And it's like, you know, I got a bunch of reads, got a bunch of meetings off of it, you know, of people that I had already known because they want to make sure that they can trust you and you've hit certain prerequisites um, in your career because yeah, it is absolutely uh, a sea of, um, of writers, you know, I mean, I always say like in Hollywood, if you throw a rock, you're going to hit a writer, but you know, don't throw rocks at writers because it's already pretty difficult. <laughs> <laughs> so, but in all seriousness, I think, yeah, you know, Twitter is a great way to meet people and, uh, and classes are also a great way to meet people that are going to help you in your career, going to be your friends, going to read your scripts, going to have time to give you notes and you should give good notes in, in return as long as you can until, you know, all of your writing, your whole writing group is uh, running shows. Oh, I love all of those. All of those pieces of it. Of it. Yeah. I know it's more than three. So uh, it's no, like, it's, it's like really a good. water hose. I wish I could kind of condense it to three, but I would say network, write, and like patience is probably like the three things that I would say. And, Excellent. You know, yeah. So what's up next for you, Zimran? Uh, I mean, I would love to stop on a show. I have a lot of really good pilots and, um, you know, I, uh, I'm also trying to set up shows that can go to series and find, Finding IP is a big thing for me. Like if you have IP, like I'm always looking for something that just blows me away. You know, I, I also get a lot of uh, DMs and uh, messages about some amazing IP uh, on a regular basis. And uh, then it's just a question of, does it fit my voice? Can I bring something to it? Can I get people excited about me potentially doing that IP? Um, yeah, I get some beautiful stories, personal stories uh elevated genre you know i'm really interested in crime but you know i uh, the three things that i say are staff sell produce and that's you know that's the simplest way to kind of condense my priorities as far as really what i want to do and uh you know i i joked about it earlier today like you know i haven't gotten any fellowship or um writing competition news so i'm due for that tweet that's like oh nobody liked this script but you know in the fellowships and the competitions and now i Sold it for a million dollars. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> so if people want to find you, how can they find you? Uh, so Twitter, I'm at ZimronJacob.com. Z-I-M-R-A-N as in Nancy. J-A-C-O-B. 
Um, and that's probably the most accessible way to find me. I'm also on Instagram as uh, Zimmy Dreams of Movies. Uh, <laughs> if you, it's like Jiro Dreams of Sushi. But uh, yeah, Zimron Jacob on all social media. Uh, I'm probably more likely to uh, interact with you on uh, Instagram and Twitter. And um, yeah, I mean, I would like to become a bigger resource for people that are trying to break in because I know a lot of people want to be in and this is an extremely competitive industry. And, you know, I, I've, on, you know, on my last show, I hired a couple people uh, in the support staff um, positions. Um, if I can do that in the future, I can do, I would love to do that for, uh, for somebody, you know, that I, that I meet. And um, I mean, yeah, like if, that that would be something that I uh, would love for people to stay in touch with me about. And I would love to give back, you know, so many people have helped me throughout my career and <laughs> people that have reached, you know, they always say like, Oh, they, re you know, anyway, like people have reached so far down to help me just a little bit and it has made a profound impact in my career. So if I can do that and like I said, pay it forward and help other people, then I'm more than happy to do that. And I'm always going to do that. Hopefully, for a uh, 70 year career. That's You're terrific. Here. <laughs> That's terrific. Thank you so much for being on our show, Zimran. Everybody make sure you check him out on social and we will see you guys in a few weeks. Bye.